Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, he found a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. Saul went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out to the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with the child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she first brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in their fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising things that he had heard, seen, as it was told to them. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? 
for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me, and I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Thank you for that reading. Well, why don't we pray? Father God, we're so thankful for the wonderful story that we've just heard. We're thankful, Lord, for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We're thankful, Lord, for the joy that it brings. Mostly, well, Lord, tonight we're thankful for the fact that we understand what it means and we can uh, believe what it means. So help us, I pray, as we look at your word. Guide us and direct us, speak to us. And even in these few moments, make it real to us again, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's what's going to happen the rest of this evening. We're going to, uh, I'm going to preach for just a few minutes here, and then we're going to have a communion service and a candlelight service at the end. And here's how this is going to work today. Uh, as soon as I finish praying, I'm going to ask that a couple of elders are going to make their way to the front, and they're going to stand right here. And uh, after they're sta- standing right there, my mind went blank for a moment there. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to be singing up here, and I'm going to ask that those who want to take communion, I'm going to ask you to come down this center aisle and partake of communion right here. They'll just be holding the trays. You partake of communion. You can drop your communion cup in the, in the little basket right there. And then when you are done with that, we're going to ask that you go out this way, and there are candles on the front rows here. I'm going to ask you each to take one. And we're going to try to make a circle around the place as we have done before. So is that clear? You're going to come forward. You're going to take communion. You're going to finish your communion. You're going to take a candle, and you're going to make your way around. Now, the reason that we're doing it this way tonight, there's a couple of reasons why. We're doing communion for a very particular reason, which maybe will become clear, but... We're trying something different this year. Every year you had to listen to my speech about this is an old building and it's full of dry pine and please be careful with these candles. So this year we're not giving you candles. We're giving you electric candles this year. So I don't know if that's going to make a big collective groan go up amongst us or not, but uh, we'll see how that works. And, and, And the reason that we didn't just hand these out in advance like we normally do is because I know you. And I know you'd all be playing with your candles throughout the whole service. So uh, we've kept them until the end. These have on and off switches, unlike regular candles, which we'd have to light. And so anyway, we'll, we'll do that. We'll take communion. We'll get the candles. We'll make a circle. And then we'll conclude our evening with silent night, as we have done every other year. Clear? Okay. I encountered a very discouraging article. As a matter of fact, I just encountered it this morning as I was reviewing this and preparing for uh, this, this message tonight. It was an article about what people are Googling this time of year in the United States of America. Uh, it, it listed all the 50 states 
And with each of the states, it said, here's the number one topic that is being Googled right now during the Christmas season. Would you like to hear what these topics are? Let me share them with you. Christmas recipes. That will make sense. Weather forecast. Santa tracker. Is Starbucks open for Christmas? What grocery stores are open on Christmas? Kardashian Christmas card. Now, that one made me want to vomit for one thing, but, but it also, it is astonishing to me to think, and I wish I'd written down which states were which here. There's a state somewhere in this country where the number one thing that people are Googling is Kardashian Christmas card. Liquor stores open near me. A Christmas Story, the movie, A Christmas Story. Family activities, Best Buy Christmas Hours. Restaurants open on Christmas Day. Christmas memes. Is the Grinch real? There's a state somewhere that is asking that question. Target Christmas Hours, Best Christmas Lights Near Me. Merry Christmas GIF. Is Starbucks open on Christmas? Walmart Christmas Hours, Fast Food Open on Christmas, Last Minute Christmas Gift Ideas, Planet Fitness Hours, Where to Buy Cool Stuff. That, by the way, was Ohio's brilliant addition. Where to Buy Cool Stuff. Is Santa Claus real? Again, there's a state somewhere in this country that's asking that question. How long to roast the chicken? Stores open on Christmas. Christmas music, eggnog, alcohol, recipe, NFL scores, And finally, what is Christmas? Two states actually ask that question, what is Christmas? And frankly, they're the only two that even came close to a question that really ought to be asked at this time. I ask you, what is missing from that list? Only Jesus Christ? Only Jesus Christ, who is the very central part of the universe of Christmas, is missing from that list. And I read that this morning, and I, you know, I sat there in my chair for the longest time just looking at that list and thinking, how, how have we fallen so far in the United States of America that that would be the case? And then I was reminded, of course, that Jesus warned us this would happen. He told us that in the last days that was going to be the case, that they would forget about him, that faith would disappear from off the face of the earth. He said one time, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And we are in the last days. There's no doubt about it. I've been preaching the Christmas story for a long time now. I've tried to figure out how long I've been preaching. It's a long time. It's too big of a number for me to even share with you. But, you know, I, I notice as I do it each, with each passing year that people seem to be more bored with it with each passing year. Maybe that's a reflection on me. I don't know. But it just seems like people have heard it and heard it and heard it. Invitations are given after preaching the news, and unbelievers sit unmovable, and believers do the same. The first ought to fall on their face in confession and grief and acceptance and joy. And the second ought to flood the throne room of the king with prayers for the first. You get the last notes of invitation songs hang in the air over an empty altar in an unresponsive people. Why is that? But I want to tell you something tonight. I, I, I want to make a couple of statements, and you can write them down if you'd like. They're important. The first one is this. The incarnation of Jesus Christ is true. And the second statement is this. The incarnation has personal meaning for you. When I use that word incarnation, I'm referring to the fact of Christ's coming in the flesh 
his invading the world, his identifying himself with sinful men and women. It is the most significant fact of history. It was foretold. It was foretold over and over, Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The angel to Mary, Luke chapter 1, verse 31, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus was foretold. From the very first mention of a Redeemer, clear back in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, right up until that announcement by the angel to Mary and the shepherds, nothing in the history of the world has been as foretold as was the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Foretold. It also happened. It happened. It would be one thing, I suppose, if a bunch of prophets and prognosticators got together and made predictions down through the history of the world. And then they didn't come true. You know, we're used to that. All the talking heads that are constantly predicting and and declaring things uh, across our media in our world today. uh, Things that never come true. We see it here all the time. But these prophecies, these foretellings, actually happened. And they didn't just happen. They happened exactly to the letter as the prophets foretold they would happen. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That verse, by the way, is the very definition of incarnation. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Romans 1.3, concerning his son, God's son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh. Galatians 4.4, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up. In glory, just as God had foretold in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, just as the prophets had foretold, just as the psalmist had sung, just as the angels had foretold to Mary and to Joseph and to the shepherds. It happened just as they said. It was foretold. It happened. It also meant something. It meant something. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 3, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. You know what that verse means? Here's what that verse means. It means, I'll use myself as an example, it means I was lost. I was without hope. I was was unable to provide any kind of a meaningful solution to my lost condition before God. And so Christ came to take care of that problem. That's what it means. And, of course, the problem that I'm talking about was my sin and the fact that my sin separated me from God. And so Jesus, through his death on the cross, provided the solution for that sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, is the way Paul put it. 
making a way for me to be saved. In a nutshell, the, the incarnation meant something because Jesus coming to be the sacrifice for my sin was the only solution to that sin. There was no other way. The incarnation meant something because it was my only hope. And I'm not alone. Same is true of you. It's your only hope. Jesus coming in the flesh, born as a babe in that manger in Bethlehem, means something to you. It was and is your only hope of salvation. It was foretold. It happened. It meant something. Finally, it cannot be dismissed. Now listen to me now. If you haven't, if you ignored everything else I've said, please listen to this. It cannot be dismissed. What if I were to tell you this evening that what you believe about the incarnation of Jesus Christ is an indication of whether or not you are truly saved. Would you believe me? Would you realize that it's that serious of a matter? Well, let's look at what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 2, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. It's an indicator. It's a barometer. Second John chapter 1, verse number 7, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Antichrist. You see, the incarnation cannot be dismissed. You, you, you cannot ignore this important part of the Bible because it's an indicator, it's a barometer of your beliefs. Do you believe tonight that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? The very Son of God has come in the flesh. Do you believe that when Mary laid her baby in a manger, she was laying the very Son of God in that manger? Which side are you on this Christmas Eve? You see, according to those verses, and those verses of the Word of God, they're in the Bible, you're either a Christian, that is a Christ believer, a Christ follower, or you're an antichrist, that is a Christ rejecter. And, of course, the wonderful news of Christmas, the glorious news of Christmas, is that it's not too late. If you find yourself in that latter category, it's not too late. Even if you've struggled with those issues up until now, you can confess, you can believe, right up until the time the Lord calls you home. I wouldn't wait if I was you. But if you're still breathing, there's still glorious hope for you. And you can still believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to the saving of your soul. Even on this Christmas Eve of 2008. One man said, in mute astonishment and awe, the angels learned God's plan to send his uncreated son down to the earth as man. That's the incarnation. Amazing. It was foretold. It really happened. It meant something. And it cannot, cannot be dismissed. And all as we gaze in wonder yet again this Christmas Eve at the manger, may we see afresh its glory. Let's pray. Elders, why don't you come and take your places as we pray. Father God, we are so thankful for the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful that it was foretold. We're thankful that it actually happened. We're thankful, Lord, for what it means. And we're thankful, Lord, that we can believe it 
And Lord, even if we don't believe it, we're thankful that we can change our mind on that tonight and decide we're going to believe and receive. I pray if there's anybody here today that does not yet know Jesus as Savior, has never really uh, come to a decision in this matter, let tonight be their night. Lord, we're going we're to sing a little bit. We're going to uh, take communion. We're going to uh, sing Silent Night and, and wrap up our service throughout all that time. I pray the Holy Spirit gets hold of their heart and helps them to see they need this. They need this. It's real, and it cannot be dismissed. So bless now the rest of this service. We give it to you. Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to sing as we sing. Those who want to take communion, come.